Hi, everyone. Welcome back to season three of the Next Academy podcast, where we focus on construction leadership, brand growth, and staying on offense. I'm Cody Phillips, joined as always by my co-host, Western PA NECA Executive Director and Next Academy co-creator, Chad Jones. First, I'd like to thank the 2020 foundational sponsors who power the Next Academy, Graybar, Southwire, Milwaukee Tool, and ABB for their great support. For those of you who are first-time listeners, thank you for joining us. The Next Academy was specifically designed for union construction executives and the unique challenges they face. Next is an intimate 12-month training ground built on four foundational concentrations, enabling leadership, building vibrant organizations, innovation and disruption for a VUCA world, and lastly, negotiating for a better future. It is an empirically-based curriculum, leveraging modern technology to deliver the most user-friendly experience for each participant. The overarching goal of Next is to help to help each and every participant, each of our contractors become more sustainable and profitable long into the future. We just completed Foundation One Enabling Leadership in our 2020 class, focusing on leadership essentials, change management, and leadership development. The feedback from our participants has been overwhelmingly positive, and I encourage you to consider walking alongside your peers on this leadership journey. We've now had over 150 electrical and mechanical contracting companies and over 300 participants from California to Boston and everywhere in between. To learn more, I encourage you to check out our website, www.nextleadershipacademy.org. So we come to you naturally in an unprecedented time in our country battling the coronavirus and COVID-19 specifically. Normally, Chad and I would focus solely on reviewing an impactful leadership book during these long-form sessions, as we've done in January and February. However, the crisis that we face globally and in our industry cannot be ignored. We're going to discuss a book this month, Leadership Strategy and Tactics by Jocko Willink. Uh, We're going to try our best to extract the leadership lessons that can be correlated to union construction and also expound on the tactics and the battle we all face against COVID-19. Before we dive into the sauce, let's hear a word from John Greenhall and Lisa Wampler for our Coenseglius Legal Minute, explaining in detail how to address the contract clauses regarding when you get paid. Last month, John and I provided you various mechanisms to help you get paid on a job. So this month, we wanted to discuss how to address the clauses in your contract that affect the timing of when you get paid your money. There's often confusion about the difference between a pay if paid and a pay when paid clause. In the case of a pay if paid clause, there has to be language that makes payment from the owner an express condition precedent to your receipt of payment. Under this draconian scenario, you are taking on the risk the owner may not pay, in which case you don't get paid. A number of states find this type of clause unenforceable, but there are still many that find them binding if they have language addressing this cost-shifting risk. Luckily, courts are starting to understand the harsh consequences that result from enforcement of a pay-if-paid clause and aren't letting general contractors off the hook if they've done something to prevent the money from getting paid from the owner, like delaying the job or not chasing change orders. 
if you can't negotiate around a pay if paid, try to get the general contractor to concede that if payment is not made due to no fault of your own, they will still pay you in 45 to 60 days time. Now, a pay when paid clause, on the other hand, simply states you will get paid within so many days from receipt of payment from the owner. Typically, the clause will say something like, Subcontractor will get paid within 10 days of contractor's receipt of payment from the owner. In such situations, you only have to wait a reasonable period of time to receive payment before the general contractor becomes directly liable. So look out for the payment clause that uses the words condition precedent and get paid when and not if. This has been another Legal Minute with Lisa Wampler and John Greenhall of Cohen Seglia. Let me have your attention for a moment. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Oh, have I got your attention now? Have I got your attention now? What's up, Chad? How's it going? Well, a crazy few weeks, right? All to say the least. (laughs) So you ready to talk about something important? I am. All right, buddy. This book, Leadership Strategy and Tactics, explains how to take leadership theory, quickly translate that theory into applicable strategy, and then put leadership into action at a tactical level. I think this is a valuable book and very well could be a solution for leaders at every level. And we're hoping that it helps each and every one of you out there today, not really just to understand the leadership game, but also how to play the leadership game. It's very practical in its application. For those of you not familiar, Jocko Willink has, has really burst onto the mainstream scene over the past five years. He was a Navy SEAL for 20 years, rising through the ranks to become the commander of Task Unit Bruiser, the most decorated special operations unit of the Iraq War. After retiring, Jocko continued on the disciplined path of success, co-founding Echelon Front, a multi-million dollar leadership and management consulting company, writing the New York Times bestsellers, Extreme Ownership, Discipline Equals Freedom, and The Dichotomy of Leadership. Along the way, he also wrote The Way of the Warrior Kid children's book series and created one of the top-ranked podcasts that he calls The Jocko Podcast. Chad and I were lucky enough to meet him a few years back when we hired him as keynote speaker for our Western PA NECA annual industry evening and keynote event. What I like about him is he keeps his message incredibly simple and sticks to what he knows best. Um, He has really done an exceptional job of taking his principles from the battlefield and translating them to the boardroom. The book that we're going to talk about today is broken up into two parts, leadership strategies and leadership tactics. Chad, I think these lessons are timely, especially given the climate we currently find ourselves in as an industry and as a country dealing with this pandemic. Yeah, uh, Cody, obviously, um, first and foremost, um, 
my heart thoughts, prayers go out to all the small businesses, not just contracting companies, but uh, business in general, and certainly small businesses across America, and for that matter, across the world. Um, I don't think we've ever seen anything quite like this that has grinded an economy to a complete halt. And we, and we know there's going to be a lot of challenges with that. Um, also thinking of our peers in the association world, no one is immune uh, to these problems and the impact that they're going to have. And so you take a step back and usually, like you said, we would be talking about a leadership book and how it applies to the industry. And so today is going to be a little bit differently. We certainly have the leadership book that we wanted to talk about, Leadership Strategy and Tactics. Um, but today it's just going to come off a little bit differently. We're not going to necessarily overlay it into uh, different parts of the unionized uh, construction industry. But we're going to just talk about some of those principles in general. And um, one of the ones that jumped out to me that Jocko always preaches, and um, if you listen to his podcast, you certainly have heard him talk about it, and he talks about it in the book, is the concept of detaching from a moment. Uh, when I think of the past couple weeks here in Western Pennsylvania, um, you know, Jocko talks a lot about the fog of war right. and, and how confusing and, and, and startling that can be. And certainly, well, I can't identify with that. We can't identify with that. But he does talk about the, the fog of war happens in other instances. And I think the fog of war happened to a lot of companies in a lot of industries in the past couple weeks in the United States of America, where all of a sudden the carpet was pulled out from under you. You were sitting on one of the, the strongest economies that we've seen. Um, the, the new job report that just came out was among the highest it's ever been. The stock market was on the longest bull run we've ever seen. It was soaring. And then overnight, it was as if somebody pulled the rug out from, from under you. And so the concept of detaching is how do, you, how do you just take a pause and take a step back, get yourself removed a little bit emotionally from your business, which is very hard to do because your mind's racing to... Uh, receivables, bills, payroll. How can I? How can I have these people off for two weeks? And and in the back of my head, we're we're creating the narrative that I know it's not two weeks. They're not telling me the truth, and that's right. building up more fear. And in all of that, certainly it creates stress, and and it clouds the picture of of maybe some of the things that you need to be thinking about. And so Jocko talks about try to detach yourself emotionally from the situation, get your own. Um, theories, your own feelings about what's happening out of the way and just take a step back and breathe. Try to see the dance floor from the balcony. We talk about that a little bit in the next academy. Get off the dance floor and get to the balcony so you can see the players and you can see the people. And detaching right now, I think, is first and foremost one of the most important things that any business owner can do at the moment to catch their breath, take a pause, detach th themselves emotionally, look at the situation, look at what's happening, look at what's happening around the world, and then begin to strategize and take steps um, in the right direction that are in the best interest of, of the future health of your business. Yeah, I think you're right. It's really about taking a step back and, and wading through the all of the clutter that we're all dealing with right now, whether that's in the news media or so forth, and really finding out what the facts are. I talk often about E plus R equals O, an event plus the reaction and response ultimately determines the outcome. And when you step back and you detach from a situation, that response is going to be much 
more clear to you and it's going to be more advantageous to the outcome that you're looking for. So I think that is a great piece of advice. And one foundational strategy that Jocko covers in this book, which I think is imperative to holding the line right now, is the power of relationships. Although this seems obvious to many, it's critical, especially in a time of crisis like we face right now. Leadership requires relationships, good relationships with people above you, below you, and beside you in the chain of command. These are critical for a strong team. The better the relationships, the more open and effective communication there is. The more communication there is, the stronger the team will be. We have all been in or are currently in a relationship where the boss or an industry peer or counterpart is driving forward on a less than ideal path and needs really to be redirected. If you have a good relationship, you can explain tactfully what you see to be the errors in their thoughts and ideas. And depending on that relationship with them, this is either well-received critical feedback or most likely never said to them for fear of retaliation. It's never been more important than right now to sure up your relationships within your company and within your industry. If you're anything like Chad and I, you will be and have been relying on them now more than ever. Yeah, the, the relationship piece is huge and, and I hope for um, many of the companies and organizations coming into this current situation that they say it, you know, when, when crisis hits is, is not the time to practice and prepare. Hopefully you already have this in place and now's the time to deploy it. Jocko speaks to the concept of decentralized command. Another one that I pulled from the book and from his, his field manual that right now is very, very important as we see a lot of businesses having to work remotely now and decentralized command is the the command center is no longer the the one source or place where you're taking direction from and where everybody is at you are working and leading through your people who are in different places so this this pandemic has created uh, an arena where decentralized command is really really important and i think we all know that if you're going to do that if you're going to work remotely the trust you have to have in your people um, to carry the baton uh, for the piece of work that they're doing and while, why they are doing it is significantly important. And as you, as you pointed out with the relationships, team, teams are built on relationships. If there aren't relationships between people, there is no team, just a random group of, of individuals. And right now, that's, that's one of my biggest um, fears for companies is what does that look like? If this, was, if this was a company that didn't have good communication between their employees or trust when they were together and face-to-face, what does that look like when they're in silos off campus? Right. And, and those, those are real challenges. So um, for the ones that, that have that and, and have that trust and that team is built, I think they'll be able to deploy their, re- deploy their resources and decentralize command and, and work fairly effectively until we get through this. Yeah, and I I think that, you know, there's an opportunity in here, too, um, to maybe maybe step back, detach, as Chad said, and and analyze how you've been doing business. Uh, I had 
recently shared an article on LinkedIn. Uh, Companies who adopt remote work will replace every company who doesn't. And this this article was from March 3rd. And little little did Chris Hurd, who's the founder and CEO of First Base, who, who published this article, little did he know how impactful it would be here only a couple weeks later. But he makes some fantastic points about the companies that adopt remote work and, and how they really will replace uh, companies that don't. And the reason is incredibly simple, talent and efficiency. And I think what you'll see in the future is people analyzing their business, especially small business, where they can get really talented people to work for them that aren't necessarily going to want to relocate to a city and come into an office every day. So I encourage you out there to think strategically as, uh, as you move forward with regard to remote work. And, and to Chad's point about trust, my next my next idea here from the book is is that, frankly, leaders tell the truth. And I am so sick of so-called leaders lying to our faces. You know, we see it every day, every day in the media right now. And you have to own your truth. You have to communicate truth and facts to your team. Jocko speaks on this throughout the book. And my main man, Mark Twain, said it best. If you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. Truth and honesty are perhaps the most essential of leadership qualities. Tell the truth to your people. They not only deserve that, but they need that, especially right now in the midst of turmoil and confusion. Tell the truth to your boss, to your peers, and of course, to yourself. If you are the boss, the last line of defense, own your truth. This absolutely is no easy task. Some truths are easy. Many of today's truths are much harder to tell. I feel, you know, like Chad said in the beginning, absolutely feel for each and every one of you out there that have had to make incredibly difficult decisions, especially here in the past few weeks. Those truths hurt as much to say as they do to hear. And that is exactly why so many people, especially leaders, fail to deliver hard truth. But real leaders... Real leaders speak the truth. Chad, it can certainly hurt, but it can also be framed in a way, depending on the strength of the relationship, that can soften the blow. And regardless, the truth is the truth. Integrity is not a 90% thing. It is not a 95% thing. Either you have it or you don't. And the quickest way to alienate yourself is to prove untrustworthy, especially in these delicate times. Yeah, and, and I think part of telling the truth right now um, has a lot to do with the why, and you have to be able to explain those things. You have to make sure everyone understands not just what you want them to do, but more importantly, why they need to do it. Once they understand why they are doing what they're doing, they can take ownership and carry out the task with knowledge and clarity to make adjustments as needed. There's a lot of people right now that, um, ourselves included, that are being forced to make adjustments and um, reevaluate where they are and where they're going. And I think that's probably the hardest thing for everyone because we were all living in, uh, I think we all realize right now how good we had it. Yeah. how good life was. Um, no doubt. Some of the problems that we thought were problems really were insignificant in comparison to 
what we now have. It's hard to look forward to something. Uh, maybe you look forward to baseball opening day. Maybe you look forward to the Masters, all gone. Maybe you look forward to March Madness. Maybe it's a wedding, all gone. Um, maybe you look forward to this is going to be a record-breaking year for your company, probably all gone. Um, and so when, that, when those things happen, you, you have to kind of recalculate and recalibrate. And I know some people are worried, well, what is this going to mean for my job? What is this going to mean? There, I, I kind of bounce a little bit back to our boy Goggins and, mm-hmm. and try to take on the attitude of, you can't hurt me. Um, yes, it's a virus. It can take money out of my pocket, but it can't take the tenacity to come back after that money healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, it can take my job, but it certainly can't take my work ethic. Mm-hmm. There are things that the virus can't touch. Um, and there's things out there that you simply can't walk out and buy that can be unaffected by this. You can't cancel um, passion. You can't cancel your ability to uh, put on a face that is competitive that says, okay, everything's changed right now. We're playing a different game right now, but that's okay. I'm going to still be the best player at this game with this board set up the way it is right now. And, and I, at times that can be a hard mindset. you got to let go of what was because sure. it's all different now. Sure. And I think it's fair to say that any of you listening out there right now that have influence over another you are, in fact, leading whether you want to or not, whether that's in your family or your business. And that can, that can be from many different levels inside a home or organization. Uh, you know, whether you're the rookie on the job or the CEO, there is certainly a level of leadership and influence that you have. And it's important to understand that you don't deserve to be respected due to your rank or experience. To build respect and influence, you must give respect and influence. Treat people with respect. Allow opinions. Share the burden of hard tasks. If you want deep influence over others, you need to allow them to have influence over you. That means that you listen to them. Actually listen to them. Consider their recommendations. Keep an open mind. The more you respect people and allow people to influence you, the more respect you will gain and the more influence you will have over them. Yeah, and I think that um, I think there's a lot of teachable moments right now. You, sure. You hear, you hear me say a lot, Cody, that um, leadership is, I rail against that it's, it's not these quotes and it's not these feel-good things, that, that it's action. And it happens in moments. You hear me say that all the time. Like, yeah. one thing I, I want to get across, in no way do I think because I talk on a podcast about leadership, am I a leader? Um, I want to share a quick story with you. Uh, my son sees me highlighting these books up and preparing for, for a podcast, and he's seen our, our next academy on the computer and how that's done. And he asked the question, he said, are you a leader? And I said, I, I don't know. Um, I hope so in certain situations. And he said, well, how, don't, how do you not know that? You, you're part of a leadership academy. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that make you a leader? And the response really was, no, the, the people decide that. The people decide whether you're a leader. And I don't believe in this concept that once a leader, you're, you're always a leader. I think it happens in moments. And I think we have moments of great leadership. And I think we have moments of poor leadership. And I think that's all of us. I don't think that anyone is leading 
perfectly all the time. Right. And, and I think we see that right now playing out in the news and in the media. And I'm not railing against the media, but I get so exhausted of watching uh, politicians, regardless of their letter D's and R's, um, almost positioned during this national pandemic. And it's kind of like, listen, if you look at this is a wonderful leadership lens to look at what's happening through and whether it's your governor or it's the president or it's the federal government or it's state government or whatever it is, look at it through that leadership lens and say to yourself, are these people posturing? Are they manipulating or are they really working on the problem? Are they trying to solve the problem? Because in situations like this, I don't think that anyone really cares whether you're a D or an R what they want is results. And so going back to the original point of leadership happens in moments, I think right now we have more than enough moments in front of us to practice it and to try to, in in totality, stack enough moments that you could say someone is a good leader or maybe not a good leader. But I, I just don't think it's something that gets bestowed on somebody that happens all the time. I think you get your moments and hopefully you, you execute and lead to the best of your ability in those moments. Um, but we all know that that doesn't always happen. Well, yeah, I think that's a great story and a great lesson for everyone. And your ability to lead literally changes within the moment. And um, some of those moments you're going to feel more prepared for than others. And this is one, honestly, that very few people in any walk of life or any business felt prepared for. Um, Jocko has an entire book dedicated to it, but I'd honestly be crazy if I didn't discuss extreme ownership in a time of crisis like we're facing right now. And this is, you know, these kind of instances, the ones that Chad just explained, the ones that we're in right now are the single toughest to exemplify extreme ownership. But as a leader, you must. Implementing extreme ownership requires checking your ego and operating with a high degree of humility, admitting mistakes, taking ownership, and developing a plan to overcome challenges are integral to building a successful team. Stephen Covey calls this inside-out versus outside-in thinking in the seven habits of highly effective people, where he says, inside-out means to start first with self, even more fundamentally to start with the most inside part of self, with your paradigms, your character, and your motives. It says in the book that if you want to have a happy marriage, be the kind of person who generates positive energy and sidesteps negative energy rather than empowering it. If you want to have more freedom, more latitude in your job, be a more responsible, a more helpful, a more contributing employee. If you want to be trusted, be trustworthy. For leaders, the humility to admit and own mistakes and develop a plan to overcome them is essential to success. The best leaders are not driven by ego or personal agendas. They are simply focused on the mission and how to best accomplish it. So as a union contractor, as an association head out there, my recommendation is this. You must believe in the cause for which you are fighting. You must believe in the plan you are either being asked to execute or asking others to execute. And most important, if you are the leader, you must be someone that people within your organization believe in and trust unequivocally. Those relationships I discussed before will be challenged. 
in this moment. On any team, in any organization, all responsibility for success and failure rests with the leader. The leader must own everything in his or her world. There is no one else to blame. The leader must acknowledge mistakes and admit failures, take ownership of them, and develop a plan to win. And you may be saying, how in the hell was I supposed to be ready for a pandemic? How do I own that? Well, you simply do. What you own is your response as a person and as a company. The reaction to the situation that you find yourself in. Each of you are facing a different set of challenges, some bigger than others. But if I've learned anything, they will not fix themselves and they will not get better by pointing the finger at others. I think that without a doubt, Cody, there's a lot of companies that have learned a lot already and will continue to learn a lot about their organization going forward. And I think you and I both know that there probably won't be a small business contractor, um, local union for that matter, trade association that doesn't have a really strong work from home plan in the future and the ability to do that. I've already seen some um, contractors fully set up shop remotely. And um, while job sites might not be um, working full tilt right now, they have the ability to do what they were doing in the office from multiple locations. They've decentralized their command, they have trust, and they are able and willing and ready to go when the governor or the federal government lifts the ban and they're, they're back to work. Um, I think that you have to look for silver linings in these things. That's the only way to have a positive attitude is we're all in the same situation together. So the question is, okay, what can we extract from this? What can we improve about our processes and our systems? How are we weak? And listen, I'll tell you right now, I think that we, we're learning this certainly in the unionized construction world that all of a sudden some of the uh, agreements and rules that we have no longer hold weight in this type of a situation. They, they almost become irrelevant to a pandemic. And if our goal is to go out and attack work and continue to do what we do and get people back to work, those things are going to be stressed and we're going to have to look at how they're applied in a world post-pandemic. The one thing that I do want to leave... Um, our listeners with is in the coming days, in the coming months, uh, there's still going to be a lot of turbulence and a lot of challenges and a lot of stress. I know a lot of people aren't sleeping. Um, listen, watch your rhetoric, watch how you're speaking when you're around your employees, watch how you're speaking when you're around your family. They're all worried too. They're all wondering what you're going to do. They're all wondering if you're going to be able to continue to go to work. Everyone is scared, but leaders have to watch their words very carefully. The word is a powerful, powerful thing. Um, so my advice to, to all our listeners out there is to watch your rhetoric, own what's in front of you, and um, take things as they come, and don't build a false narrative about what's going to happen three months down the road. Tackle the day in front of you, one day at a time, and you will get out of this. Right. No, absolutely, man. I think those are all great points. And, Thanks. you know, in closing for me, I really enjoyed this book because the, the tactics section specifically gives you scenarios that each of us face in our daily lives and give Jocko's recommendation for how they should be handled. I know I speak for Chad when I say we're both fans of Jocko. 
I'm a fan of his no-nonsense approach. My most recent Monday Morning Mastery session was on discipline equals freedom, which is a, a life strategy directly from him. And I love the conclusion of this book. It is all on you, but not about you. Let me explain. You have to make decisions. You have to build relationships. You have to communicate so that everyone can understand. You have to control your ego and your emotions. You have to be able to detach. You need to instill pride in the team. You need to train the team. You need to be balanced and tactful and aware, and you have to take ownership. The list goes on and on and makes up this incredibly complex undertaking that we call leadership. And if you do all of these things well, if you lead effectively, the team will be successful and the mission will be accomplished. If you do not lead effectively, you will fail and the team will not accomplish the mission. Leadership is all on you. But at the same time, leadership is not about you. Not at all. Leadership is about the team. The team is more important than you are. The moment you put your own interest above the team and above the mission is the moment you fail as a leader. When you think you can get away with it, when you think the team won't notice your self-serving maneuvers, you are wrong. Your people will see it and they will know it. The leadership strategies and tactics in this book are to be used not so you can be successful. The strategies and tactics are to be used so that the team can be successful. If you use them to further your own career or your own agenda, eventually these strategies and tactics will backfire and bring you down. You will fail as a leader and as a person. But if you use these with the goal of helping others and helping the team accomplish its mission, the team will succeed. If the team succeeds, you win as a leader and as a person. But infinitely more important, your people win. And that is true leadership. I wish you all the best out there as you face some of the most difficult times of your career. If we can help you at the next Academy, myself, Chad, director, Dr. Michael Callanan, or any of our faculty, please do not hesitate to ask. As always, I again challenge you to be the change you want to see. Do not let the voice in your head limit you and your capabilities. You are built for so much more. There's simply no room for complacency in life's equation for success. You are either getting better or getting worse. As with all leadership, it takes discipline. No looking around for excuses. No pointing fingers. It's about accountability, about responsibility. Until next time, attack the days ahead, own your life, and be next. Thanks for listening to the Next Academy podcast, where we focus on construction leadership, brand growth, and staying on offense. Oh, we get what we deserve. And where down we go.